Let's do that hockey. Welcome to episode 112 of the DPR show, and this episode is going to be focused on the Dallas Stars top prospects. I'm your host, Peter Arling. Thanks for coming back on to the podcast, and if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Hope you enjoy it. If you're a long-time listener, uh, love and gratitude, go ahead and hit the, the like, follow, subscribe, five-star, all those buttons. So I'm really excited to be joined by... Uh, repeat guest on the show, my good pal Russ Cohen. You might know him from such shows as Sirius XM. He's a multi-published author, and uh, most of his stuff you can find on his webpage, Sportsology. Russ, welcome back to the show. Good to have you on, man. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Nice to talk to you. Nice to see you, even though we're doing it for audio. It's nice to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, well, we could say that about a lot of people. The only way you can see a lot of your friends these days is is via Zoom. But uh, I think uh, the stars are aligning for a live draft in Montreal this summer. So maybe we yeah, can go we to... Yeah, we should sh- all be getting together for that. That'll be fun. Yep, get some smoked meat sandwiches at Schwartz or something like that and have a beer and talk I hockey. I don't eat smoked meat, but I'll find something else. To, I'll, I'll eat your filter fish. <laughs> there you go. All right, so today we're going to talk about the Dallas Stars, and so obviously I've been doing a, a series of these with a bunch of different guests, and usually our our rankings align pretty similarly, very similarly, uh, a couple of discrepancies here and there. This is going to be an interesting chat, Russ, because our lists are, are quite divergent. Uh, our, our first ranked guy is different, uh, and then our, our bottom five is is just way uh, different from each other's well, i mean do you want the same in life with everybody and have everything be the same i maybe it's me maybe it's because i just think differently you might be correct in the in the long run it's always like a five-year game but i just i don't know it's kind of boring if everybody's the same but i don't i didn't know about what your list would be like you let me know that our my list was different so it's on you yeah, no, I'm 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 pleased that it's going to be different because you know instead of talking about ten guys, we'll be talking more about fifteen here because we got to right. cover all of them. Um, not that the stars have the deepest pool. So here's a team that made it to the Stanley Cup final two years ago and then failed to qualify for the playoffs last year. Had some injuries. I think that's a big reason uh, why. Plus the whole COVID thing. Um, and I think you know last year's whole season is just just an anomaly um but they do have a pretty good young core you know with guys like uh Heiskanen, uh jason robertson uh on the roster um who knows what's going on with them with their goaltending decisions and then they've got some pretty decent prospects coming down the pipe i don't know how many you would consider on this list to be the the a plus variety um, but even if they don't have a future Hall of Famer in their in their top 10 rankings here, they have a, a number of players who I'm sure will make the roster and, and some that will make an impact. I would say, in my estimation, and that the only A-plus is Maverick Bork. In my world, he's the only A-plus. I think they may have, you know, some A-minus, B-plus guys. They have definitely a lot of Cs, though. So let's get into it. The the first ranked player I have is is Maverick Bork, who you think is their only A plus uh, rated prospect, and um, I agree that he is a, an A, and at least an A prospect. Uh, he might not be the only one. I, I like the next two on my list pretty good too. Um, all right, so we do agree on the top ranked prospect, and that's Maverick Bork. We both got him number one on our lists. Uh, is he number one with a bullet for you? Yeah, I think he's the number one with the bullet because I think he had a really uh, good offseason with training, and I think I see an extra jump in him in speed, speed through the neutral zone. I think um, his playmaking's there. I'm going to look at his point total now because even this is weeks ago, and I do feel like he has those tools, and so if there's anybody for me in that list that is that guy, I think it's him. Yeah, I think he's got the the offensive ceiling that um, 
that moves the needle for me more than any of these other guys. I mean, we've got, you know, a defenseman and a goalie coming up on and my high rankings here. Um, but uh, I, I don't think they're going to have the kind of impact that you might see from Bork. Uh, he had a nice points in his first eight games. So that's, that's where you start getting into that territory where, okay, maybe he could be, uh, you know, a star player. A real star. Now, I'm never going to say superstar for him, but a star player. At 19, if you're putting up those numbers, it's impressive. Yeah. And he had a nice little audition in the American Hockey League last year, too. Yeah. I think he had a bit of a slow start, and he had a, a multi-point game or two to get his point-per-game average right up there. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he's able to crack the Canadian World Junior roster this Christmas. Uh, I'm thinking... Think he's got a chance, because he is a guy I think you could plug into different roles. Right. And he's not, he's not very big. He's 5'10", but he's 185. So he's, he's short, but not small. And I think there's a a distinction to be made there. And next year he'll be turning pro and and playing in the American Hockey League with, with Texas. I mean, back in my training days, I was a little over 5'9 and about 177, 180. So, you know, pretty close. So I can't, I can't say that there's anything wrong with that because otherwise I'd say there's something wrong with me. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I had Craig Button on a while ago, and he said you don't scout players with a measuring tape. So, um, you know, uh, there's lots of examples of players who are, are under six feet by an inch or, or a few, but as long as they've got the strength to endure the physicality of pro hockey, um, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't think it really matters. He's got a good core. I think he's good. A good base. Right. All right. So we do agree on on number one. And that's that's Maverick Bork with a bullet on both our lists. My next ranked guy, I go on the blue line, and I took uh, I put Thomas Harley there. Uh, I I really like his his skating. It's it's really hard to miss that incredible asset to his game. And he's got six foot three, two hundred and five is his his measurements. And we don't scout with the measurements, but when you're a defenseman, it certainly doesn't hurt to have that long reach and the ability to, to snowplow the, the front of your net if you need to. Um, but, you know, what he really brings is not that big, bulking defensive defenseman. It is the smooth skating, offensively transitional, can carry the puck out of the zone, can make those nice long stretch passes. And um, I'm not too, I don't, you know, his shot is good. I don't think it's, it's, it's lethal or anything like that, but he can run a power play too with his vision and playmaking skills. Um, I think those are, are highly translatable skills to the way NHL is played today. Uh, you had him slightly lower. You had him ranked at three. What do you like about Harley? Uh, I do like the decision-making. Like you said, the, the skating is good. He never really hesitates with the puck when he is on the power play, plays with great ease with passing uh, I do think he's a pretty good five-on-five coverage guy too, but I do feel like his development has stalled a little bit this year. And since this list is pretty recent, I did have to put that into play because I took a look at him and I'm like, you know, something's not as good as I thought it was maybe. And so I did have to drop him a slot. Yeah. So he's a little slow out of the gate this year. He's only got five assists through the first dozen games. And he is a 19-year-old, still OHL eligible, but because he played the season in the American Hockey League last year, he qualified for that um, that one-time exemption that uh, players playing more than 20 games can can return to the American Hockey League if they came from the OHL. For argument's sake, it was a bad decision for him. This could be a tough year for development, maybe sets him back slightly because that's the risk. You know, like as an example, you had asked me, Hey, the Flyers sent back Zay wisdom. Do you like that? I said, I do like that because a things aren't great in Lehigh and B he's recovered from an injury. And I think the best place for him to recover from an injury is a place that he's really familiar with. So with Harley, maybe the stars are going to figure out. We shouldn't have done this. This was too soon. And if they do figure that out, then that does, you know, play a little, role in his development and maybe having him take a little longer than he should have maybe he makes it back to the uh ohl just on time for the world juniors 
possible. Now, I this is something I'm not sure about. I'm not sure if you know, but with this exemption rule that it, that's allowing certain players to play in the American Hockey League, I imagine that it's the same um, if they get sent back to junior that they they can't be recalled. Like once you go down to junior, that's it. You're there for the that's year. It. No, I think that's it. That, that's yeah. That's what I believe, and I think you're right. It would make the most sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, it's interesting as well that for every player, their such their development situation is unique, and there's never any definitive this is the way you develop players because we're talking about how thomas harley is maybe would be better suited going back and playing in the ohl and this weekend i just wrote the um florida panthers top prospects and one of the players i talked about was ole ulevi and how after he was drafted he was returned to junior and he had a stagnant season he basically duplicated his draft year's production um and you know i've read some other people like cam robinson say things like that was a waste of a season for him. He didn't develop at all. He didn't regress, but he didn't develop. There were other things going on with Ole Olevi, though. Oh yeah, that's just the, the well, just the deep just the D plus one season. Not taking in anything else into account. Just just that one season. That was the first right, okay. spike in his development that um, that yes. some people are saying. That was probably the first little slip in it. And what happens is, so when a guy doesn't develop the way he should in that season, then expectations are still there. You go into the next season, and then sometimes the player is not developing the way they think they should, and all of a sudden, then you're not developing all that well. And I think that's that was the first banana peel that, that hit your levy. And yeah. we'll see if he recovers from that. I hope he does. It's not too late. But my point is that it's interesting that some players benefit from moving up and some players benefit from staying down and some players benefit from playing NCAA and some players benefit from playing junior hockey. Like we see guys go from the NCAA into uh, Canadian junior and, uh, and it's, it's a great move, right? It is unique. Like Mm -hmm. think of an example I've said before for certain players, uh, let's just say Lucas Raymond, as an example, let's say, Lucas Raymond went to the OHL instead of being with the Red Wings, right? Let's say, just say he, you know, left Sweden. They said, uh, go to an OHL, play an OHL season, whatever. Uh, what sometimes happens with young potential superstar players, I'll use that word for, for Raymond, is they're really good playmakers and they're unselfish. So then they pass the puck to a teammate, but they never get it back because the teammates aren't good enough. They miss the play. It goes the other way. They, they lose the puck, it hits off their stick. All of a sudden, that really does affect, you know, your point totals. And then sometimes that player now feels like they have to do more on their own, right? I got to do it myself because I got to win. We got to win games here. And so that's where a great player or a potentially great player can have, you know, where it could be detrimental, where we do say sometimes like a great player plays better with high-end talent. They, they reach a certain level better, quicker. Yeah, I think it might have been Crosby that said it when he graduated from um, from junior and went straight to the NHL. Someone was asking him, like, do you find it harder playing in to going from junior straight into the NHL? I mean, obviously, it doesn't look like it. His, his rookie season stats were phenomenal. And he commented, like, you know, no offense to the guys that I played with in junior, but it's easier in the NHL and no offense to the guys in the NHL, but it's easier because they're so much smarter positionally and I can anticipate where they're going to go and the passes that I'm getting are better. And even if I make a pass that's a little off the money, it doesn't matter. The guys that I'm passing to this level. I'll go one one step further that Sid probably didn't want to go. So would you rather have, I don't know, back in the day it was probably Tyler Kennedy to start or Danny Rusin. Like, Danny Rusin got his points because of Sidney Crosby. I always wondered about Danny Rusin until I saw a Manchester Monarchs game, and I finally got to see him live, and then I realized, yeah, it is because of Sidney Crosby. <laughs> it's just the way it was, right? I mean, right. Like, Zav Garodny playing with Lafreniere last, yeah. last year, or two years yeah. ago. All right, back to the Dallas Stars list. So, that covers um, my top two, Bork and Harley, and uh, your 
first and third. Now, the guy you've got ranked second, I've got a little way further down on my list at six. Um, let's come circle back on that for a sec because I just want to bang out the guy I've got number three on my list didn't make your rankings. Uh, that's Jake Ottinger, and I'm right. assuming that's obviously just because you've considered him graduated from prospect status. Uh, it was a combination. It's a combination of pretty close to graduated and also what are the stars going to do with this guy? What are they doing with him? They what are they still do- don't know what to do with him. What are they doing in goal? They got four goalies. Right. So he's like number 11 on my list now because they don't know what to do with him. So I don't know what's going to happen to his development. They're winning games because of him now, but when he starts losing games, he probably loses his job, right? Because they're playing the hot hand. Right. So then what happens to him? They can't hold on to all these goalies. Ben Bishop's coming back. And so if Ben Bishop comes back and they trade Hudobin, what happens to Ottinger? He's in the minors because they have Braden Holpe. Right. So Ottinger's really only so played. What's that? So this hurts his development in my estimation. Having him in the NHL right now? No, having him in the NHL right now for a temporary amount of time and keep yo-yoing him like they have been the last couple of seasons. Right. So he played in the 18-19 season um, with the Terriers and finished the season in the American Hockey League with, uh, with a half dozen games. Then the following season, he played a full American Hockey League 38-game schedule. Yeah, and I think they won the championship with him. And then last year, uh, he played pretty much in the NHL. 29 games, splitting with Hudobin. um, And looked great with America at the World Championship. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't have a whole lot of AHL seasoning. He's, you know, going into the season, he only had 38 games on his uh, his resume. Which I think is a development misstep. He's only 22. Yeah. So when you got four goalies... I mean, he might be the best out of the bunch, but he's the only one that you can move into the American Hockey League without risking losing the, right. the contract. So why not let him play in the American Hockey League, get lots of lots of practice and minutes and rep, and round out any little warts he might have in his game? Because they need wins. Because they, uh, what was it, two, three weeks ago, they only had one win. Well, then why did, sudden, they, why did they sign Braden Holby then? I don't know. Ask Jim Nill. <laughs> but that's my point. If you have four goalies, you have none. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, that's, so you're right. He should be in the AHL. If he were in the AHL and having a great AHL season, he'd have been much higher on my list. But they're stalling his development, even though he's playing in the NHL and winning some games, because unless he continues on that and they let him be the number one and he stays the number one, he's missing development steps. And I worry about that. Right. Yeah. The NHL is not a developmental league, especially for goalies where you get your confidence crushed. Correct. And lit up. Um, well, I think as long as I don't mismanage him too hard. Uh, and there already are. You have to admit, there's already a bit of it going on. Absolutely. But uh, I hope he was a one-year contract. And um, Hudobin expires after this year, I believe. Yeah. And then I think Bishop has one more season after this. And yeah. If he even if he's ever able to come back, so the immediate future that we're in right now, the present doesn't look really great for Ottinger. But you don't have to go too far down the road to see the the door opening wide for him and them just handing him the keys to the crease. No, time. listen, when he got drafted, I said he was their future franchise goalie. I got asked by Sirius, they asked, "Is there a first round goalie in this draft?" I said Jake Ottinger, and he was. Yeah, but still doesn't mean that I'm going to change him where he is on the list. Because I think now they have set him back just a little. That's all. He's still a really good goalie. Yeah. Well, he's showing that right now, getting them wins in the NHL. All right. So the third, sorry, second ranked guy on your list. Let's let's yeah. circle around back to, to Wyatt Johnson. So you have him at two. I had him a little bit further down at, uh, at six. Why are you so bullish on him? Well, some will probably... <laughs> saying well he's 20 he should he should dominate but you know he's had really good numbers the last couple of years and so I, I looked at him 
And I said, you know, he's one of those guys that has size. He's one of those guys that is really good on the power play. He really is an excellent passer on the power play. He He's one of those guys that can get that um, pass down low and, and tap it in. And that's something where his, you know, his six foot two frame helps him. I think the stick and puck control is really good. I think he's strong, like physically strong on his skates. I like that a lot. And if you look at it, I mean, he's ripping it up again this year. Like he just is. And so I think they found a really good player here. I think it's not just a situation where because he's big physically, he's um, he's maybe having his way in juniors. I don't think it's really that. I just think that um, he's a guy that is getting better and better. Yeah, it was a, it was it was an interesting pick when Dallas uh, selected him this past draft at twenty third overall because they traded down from fifteen to get him. And if you look at some of the guys that went in between where they picked him and where they traded him down from, they, they passed on Brennan Offman, Chaz Lucius, Jesper Wallstadt, Fabian Lysel. Uh, and so they feel that he's got to be in, in comparable company with those prospects who are, I think, way more well-known. That doesn't they're mean they're, well doesn't mean they're, doesn't mean they're better, but it just no. means they're, they're, they're well-known commodities. And they added only the 48th and 138th overall picks in order to drop down. So I don't right feel now like it looks pretty good though. We'll see in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And what's also was interesting about it is they drafted him, um, you know, based on not his draft season, I would say, because he didn't play any club games last year and he played seven games in the, in the world junior 18 tournament where he had four points in seven games so he was he was good on uh on an amazing team that dominated and and blew some teams away offensively so there was some padded stats for Canada in that roster so you got to take that with a grain of salt his rookie season in the OHL let's look at that um you know he had 53 games and 30 points that's pretty good for a 16 year Yeah. yeah right like it's not incredible but uh it's better than garden variety and now we look at him this year he's wearing a letter in Windsor and he's scoring at almost an assist per game with 27 points in 19 games. So yeah, he's he's starting to make Dallas look all right for that trade. I think it's also, how do I, how do I say it? Um, When I was talking about that pass down low, whether he's receiving it or he's making it, he does it like a pro, like he doesn't have any indecision about it. And I think that's a big deal. And I kind of, I always say if you're a team and you want a player, you get that player. So that means you can get that player and get two more picks and get that player. That's where that guy was higher on the list than the other guys you named, like Othman and everything else. Then you did the right thing for your team. And then we'll see what happens in the future. So, so far, if that was their guy, which it seems like it, right? Because you would, be- I would believe that that's what they were doing, set themselves in a position to get this guy where they felt like, he shouldn't be uh that's how you get better yeah and that is a strategy that um that you can employ in in fantasy hockey drafts too right where if you've got a guy that you're like this is the guy i need for for my team i need a, a goalie let's talk say we're talking about goalies and i i actually did this in a recent draft where i maybe reached a little bit to get benjamin goudreau but that's the guy that I wanted. Kosa was gone. Wallstadt was yeah. gone. I was like, I think Benjamin Goodrow is going to be as good as either of those guys. So I got him in like the third round of my draft, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, I think I probably could have if traded down to get him, but I was like, I'm not taking that chance. This is my guy. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pick him and get him on my roster. And that's now. the way you do it. If you can trade down and still get your guy and get extra picks. The NFL's sh- been doing that for years. Yeah, I shopped around a little bit, but um, you know, I was on the clock, so yeah. Didn't, didn't right. want- I mean, the NFL's been doing that forever. The yeah. Team. Yeah. All right. So right now we've gone through uh, my top three: Bork, Harley, and Ottinger. Your top three are Bork, Wyatt Johnson, and Thomas Harley. Um, 
So I had Wyatt Johnson at six. The sixth ranked player on your list is my fourth ranked guy. So let's talk about that. That, oh, sorry, no, I'm like, he's seventh on your list. I, I misspoke. Uh, Riley Damiani. Right. Uh, really exploded last season, um, mm-hmm. winning the AHL Rookie of the Year award. Um, was a, He had a good, you know, junior career. Um, progressed nicely uh, but then when he hit the American Hockey League uh, he kept that progression train rolling and had a point of game season playing for Texas in the American Hockey League um, he's pretty speedy he's pretty quick he's a little bit tenacious a little bit undersized but he still plays a physical game and he obviously is uh, he's got a lot of skill um, so I think that he's a player that could find his way onto the Dallas roster um, in the near future Um at some point this season, I think he'll get a cup of coffee and he'll get a look. And, uh, you know, the last player that Dallas did that with was Jason Robertson. He never looked back. So I, I like him. I think he's got a, I think he's got a chance to uh, audition on the roster and, and win a job at some point this season. Um, you got him a little bit further down. Uh, what's your take on him? Yeah, I, I mean, and you weren't doing this, but I wouldn't put him in the, in the class of Robertson because Robertson always had that. No that size and that shot, we hate to use size, but he knows how to use it. And that is something that Damiani can't do, right? I just, he wasn't born to do that. Um, I interviewed Damiani pre-draft. That's still up on Sportsology. I was very high on him. I think he's a coach's best friend. I think he has a nose for the net, but I kind of wonder at that next level, will he be able to do it that way? Uh, he looks for scoring opportunities. He's got a ton of energy, plays both sides of the puck for the, you know, the best cliche I could use right now. And his speed's good. It's not great, but it's good. And it, it should improve. So when I project him, though, I think I project him as a third liner. And a really good third liner. Like, that's there's no shame in that. Yep. So, and I think it's just about the guys that are ahead of him on this list and not about him, because I like him. Right. So I guess I'm thinking that his ceiling isn't... Uh, I'm agreeing with you. His ceiling isn't a first-line player. I, I think, you know, if he's on your your second line, that could be okay if, you know, if things break well for him. And if he's on your third line, that's probably the best-case scenario, right? Because he's, he's a high-energy, tenacious player. He's got yeah. some offensive upside. He's got speed. Yeah, he kills some penalties. For him. I do. Right. Um, so you might have players ranked a little bit higher who you think have a higher ceiling that might be a little bit further away. I kind of have him leaning more towards the um, quicker returns than than the bigger bang for your buck. Right. And so when we do lists like that, that's something that I, you know, grapple with. Mm-hmm. Am I looking for the guy that's getting to the NHL soonest? Or am I looking for the guy that when he gets to the NHL, this is where he's going to stick. And so I think after another year in the minors or a half a year next year, and he gets called up, he could stick as a third liner, but not a second liner. And I'm not saying any of these other guys are necessarily second liners, you know, I kind of know that some are, I'm just saying, I'm kind of looking at it like the long term. So like, he could still move up on the list. Like next year, he probably still, if I did this list again, which I don't know if I, for full press, if I don't know if I would do the stars that quickly, I probably wouldn't. But if I did, uh, he probably could move up on that list if he stays on this progression. Right. Well, let's, uh, let's skip on to the next guy on our list. And I think you've got number four. Four, and I've got him at number five, and that's Logan Stankoven. Stankoven. I'll tell you. My Santa wrong? No, Stankoven's right. I'm just yeah. agreeing with you. Like, I, I like the player. He's he's a guy that um, Anthony Mingione, who I do off the post with, was in my ear about. He wanted the Flyers maybe to get him. He really likes him. I think there's a lot to like. I think he um, is really strong in the power play. He's got a heck of a wrist shot. He really does. He he has decent speed. It's not great. It's not bad. I don't know how much better we'll get. Uh, he'll he'll take a hit to make a play. I always love those players. 
And I think that's translatable. Very good passer, block shots. And because he's a sturdy kind of um, build, he's physical at times. And so I look at that and I say, okay, center that and those other things. Well, that's a reason I have him higher than Damiani because even if he's the third line center, which you could be a second liner, but I think even if he's a third line center, he's still the center. He's still the guy that's going to drive the line that Damiani is going to be on in my mind. So that's where I'm justifying the pick. What yeah. I mean, I, I like the pick as well. I thought they got a first round talent in the second round and, and I think they got him where they got him. I think he fell because he's five foot seven, you know, he's a small yeah. guy. Yeah. Like I said before, tape measures, put those away, boys. Can he, can he play or can he play? And I think he can play. And I think he's going to play for uh, team Canada at the world juniors, possibly. Um, he's wearing a, a C for cam loops this year in back in the dub. And he's got 29 points in 19 games. Last time I checked, that was pretty good. Uh, over a point for a game uh, with Canada at the U18s, representing Canada last uh, last summer he was as well. In the U18, Jeff. He was really good. Right, yeah. I thought he was a, a driver offensively for, for Canada. Yes. Um, so this is a good example of, you know, I particularly struggled between Damiani and Stankoven because I was like, Stankoven I think has a much higher ceiling, but I think he's years away right? He's got this year and then one more, I believe, of eligibility in the dub, and then possibly another season in the American Hockey League or two before he graduates to the NHL. Right. So we're looking, you know, five years out from his draft for four years from now kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think Damiani could be on the roster like next week. He could get called up. So um, All yeah. true, but it does make him better. True, true, true. Patience is a virtue. Hopefully Dallas is patient with him and uh and they let him percolate nicely and 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 take his time developing so that they get the, the best upside. Rush. I would say generally Jim Nill is not the guy that rushes them. Mm-hmm. All right. So working down my list, that's Maverick Bork, Thomas Harley, Jake Ottinger, Riley Damiani. Logan Stankoven and Wyatt Johnson round out my top six. You went Bork, Johnson, Harley, Stankoven, and then we jumped down to your seventh talk, Damiani. So now we're starting to get into the territory. We're talking about guys that that didn't make either of our our lists. Wait, wait, I don't miss my number five, <laughs> right? But I don't. But he didn't make my list. So what? Your list. Gotcha. Yeah. So we don't. Well, we, we don't agree on any more of these these players anymore. And should have. Well, let's talk about him. Why should he have? Ty Delandria is is your number five. Well, tell me why he didn't. Uh, turn it on you. You tell me why he didn't. So I haven't really loved his development so far since they drafted him. Um, I'm looking at what he's doing this season. He's got five points in 13 games. Um, you know, he's had a couple of call-ups to the NHL and hasn't um made the the impact that i thought he that he should have at this point right like he's got 26 games last year and five points um didn't make didn't make the roster this year after playing 26 26 games last year i you know they had some injuries like i said early at the top of the show so i guess i'd open the door for him and they're they're healthier now a bit i felt Mm -hmm. like that was an unusual situation but sometimes with injury, I can't kill a team for bringing up a guy. Like, they just have to sometimes. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I'm just looking at kind of his development curve seems to have flatlined for me since since he turned pro. I think it's starting to come around again in the A. I think um, he's still a second-line center talent. I think his two-way game is still really good. So what is it worth to you if he doesn't get the points you thought he should get, but maybe he gets, you know, half a point a game guy, but he's playing solid two way and he's winning faceoffs. Like to me, that's still really valuable. I get it. His offense has been inconsistent. He does still have really good hands though. And I, so I feel like if he gets his confidence back in the AHL, he could do a little bit more damage when he gets back to the NHL. 
but I'm still thinking his other parts of his game are still good. Yeah, he does. He does offer more than only offense. He's not a one-dimensional player, right? Like he's he's good defensively. He's got good size as well. He's right in the middle there, six feet, about one ninety-five, two hundred, whatever he is. And I'm just scrolling through his 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 stat line here, and you know he's not a he's not a shy player. He he gets a decent amount, but not a ridiculous amount of of penalties. So. You know he's he's versatile. I'll give you that. You can you can put him on the ice in pretty much any situation. If you're up a goal or down a goal, an offensive zone or a defensive zone faceoff. Um, I'm just you know if he makes the NHL, then I guess he warrants being on the top ten list. And yeah, that's the gamble. I'm still taking the gamble at 21 that he could do it. Right. So you're 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 gambling that he has a, a career NHL games played north of what 200. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm, that's what I'm gambling on. I guess I'm not sold on that. No, that's fair. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. I often am. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> one of us will be right and one of us will be wrong. <laughs> in five years, we'll know and neither one of us will remember Anybody this conversation. In five years, <laughs> go back and listen to the show and, and hit, hit us up on Twitter and say, remember that podcast you guys did five years ago? So-and-so yeah. was right. Boom. Listen, boom. I'm going to tell you something. I've been doing this I've been in this game for a long time, right? I've been, Sportsology started in 2000, and I really, because of Shane Malloy, I got into prospects probably in 2001 was my first draft. And so that's when I really started to to do that. And, you know, that was a little rough at the beginning, and I've gotten better at it. Uh, so now my work's out there, man. You could search it on, there's Comcast, my website doesn't have every little bit that I've done, but it goes back probably six or seven years. So you can look at my lists, my drafts. You go back to listen to me on Hockey Prospect Radio. If you can find some archives that we have posted in different spots. And so I'm out there. Like, it's easy to, to go do it and, mm-hmm. you know, and rip me on it. Very easy. Hey, everyone is right. And everyone is, well, not everyone is right. Most people are right. And everyone is wrong. Um, all you got to do to prove that is, you know, the best people in the world at evaluating hockey player talent would be NHL scouts, you would think, and NHL general managers. And you go look at any team's draft list um, and previous drafts, and there's it's littered with players that have zero games played. And even oh, yeah. first, first round picks that have zero games played. There's so, just so much that goes into it. Right. With the player, with the development, yada, yada, yada. I get it. Right. All right. So next guy on your list, you had ranked at six is Oscar Back. So he didn't make my list. So he's six two, two hundred and five, third round pick from twenty eighteen, and he has coming over from Sweden. So he's played in Sweden for his whole career until now, twenty one years old, and he's crossed the pond. This is his rookie season in the American Hockey League, and through 16 games, he's got five goals, 10 points. That is not bad. That is not bad. Um, Third leading scorer on his team. Right. So I wrote this a few a few weeks ago. So there was few fewer games played in the American Hockey League. I don't remember what his point totals were at the time, Um, and I, I. don't confess to having seen much of this player play. So I was pretty much going off his stat line and some other scattering reports that I, that I've read on him from other people. So, you know, in full disclosure. So I'm looking at his, um, his, his production over in Sweden and it's different leagues uh, up and down here and there, but I, you know, I'm just not really seeing a lot of promising progression. You know, he had nine points in 47 SHL games in 1920 and then he had 14 and 52 last year and that's not great but then he comes over to the American Hockey League and all of a sudden he finds his his offense and you know I know why I'd love to know why because a lot of times guys who come over from Sweden and Finland like playing in tight spaces and a lot of times when I interview them they say to me, you know, I'm looking forward to playing in North America because there's less time to think. You just have to react. It's more off of reflex. You don't have the same kind of time you do to shoot. Guys are right on you. Some guys do better in that. He's got some size. He's really smart. He's an excellent 200-foot guy, so that helps him. 
because he can sometimes get offense off of defense. And so I look at him and I say, yeah, I'm not looking at him as a massive offensive talent, but I'm looking at him as a really sturdy center that you will trust for faceoffs and trust on the ice and we'll get you some points. So you're not seeing the, this is a more of a Riley Damiani situation, I guess, for you, where you're seeing him as, as a, a probable candidate for graduating to the, to the NHL, but not graduating above the, the bottom six of that roster. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Um, Which I think if you get that with the 75th overall pick, you're living pretty clean, man. You're doing pretty good. Yeah. And we're in that range now with, with the Dallas stars prospects pool here. We're, we're in the the C level depth here. These are all C prospects. Um, You know, there's there's a couple guys on my, on my list. One in particular who I might have a hard time defending, making the top 10, but he's a personal favorite of mine and it's my list. So people are just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. I think that's fair. All right. So that's your list. Bork. Johnson, Harley, Stan Coven, Delandria, and Back and Damiani. So we're up to date there. Now, actually, I lied a minute ago. There is another player that we both have in the top ten still. This is the last, the last one, I believe, and that's um, Atron Mar- Martino. I'm not, yeah. sure I, I'm not sure I pronounce his, his first name correctly, but I just saw him play actually. So, oh, right. Clarkson, yeah, yeah. So I cover out of the ECAC. So I go to Princeton now that I can go back. It's the first time in two years I was there. And first game back was Clarkston. I made sure because they have a good team. They had about six or seven draft eligibles. He's one of them. He had a good game. He's, he, I think he had at least one assist, maybe two. He is a guy that's always in the play. I mean, if you look at it, for a 19-year-old to have 10 points in 15 games in NCAA hockey, that's good. Yeah, make no mistake. That's a that's a men's league, not like yeah. uh, not like the CHL. There are no sixteen and seventeen year olds there. Guy. You got to be really exceptional to be a point of game guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are some, and they get to the NHL pretty quick. Like they don't they don't hang around for long. So it is a men's league. He is a guy that I'm looking at his size. Yeah, five eleven, one eighty. I think he um, he plays a sturdy game. I would call him a draft sleeper. But they knew about him, so he, he really wasn't. Who, who lists him as 180? 180. Who, who lists him at that weight, though? Where do you get that? Oh, that was, I don't know, that's hockey DB. But I, I have his sheet over in the corner of my room, but I didn't. Why, what's he at now? Uh, well, I'm using it Elite Prospects. They got him at 161. And No, 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 that's wrong. Okay. Because part of my write-up on it was, you know, being in university is the right place because he needs to add some weight and he can spend a lot of time in the gym hitting the weights there. Yeah, so he made my list because he's had a strong start to the NCAA season. So here's my Clarkson sheet. And now I'll turn on my extra light because it's dark. (laughs) And he was second line that night and probably for the season. And he is actually 187 now. Right, so he ate a lot of granola bars. No, you know what it is. In college, they get to work out three days a week where OHL guys can't. Right. So that's a big deal. So, you know, getting back to it. So now, rather than reading what I wrote on my list, I'll give you my scouting on him for that game. Sweet. So he actually, yeah, he was fast. He had a goal. He was in on the action. He, um, I think he was the driver. Well, it was hard to say. They have Anthony Romano, too, who, who's a Coyotes prospect, who was really good on that line, too. So two really solid wingers on that line. And, yeah, second line, left wing. Getting it done. Like yeah, I think he's got a... A two-way player, too. Right. He's, he's got some, some development time ahead of him, too, because he is only 19 years old. So this is his freshman. He'll play a sophomore season, to be sure. Yes. Um, so at least two seasons before Dallas considers turning him pro. Um, yes. We'll see what happens but after again, that. From a third-round perspective, well worth the bargain. 
Well worth the risk. Right, right. And he's uh, he's Canadian. He's from Toronto, yeah. but you know I don't think he's on the radar for Team Canada. And playing in the NCAA really hurts his chances there as Benito well. Benito was Kevin LeBanc the year he for Team USA. He he led the OHL in scoring. An American who led the OHL in scoring, and he wasn't even on the radar um, that one year. Uh, he I think he got on the year after uh, with the U.S. team, but he he got ignored for a while. And I remember interviewing him about it. It happens, Pete. You know that. Stranger things do. All right. So getting back to the, the list here, let's uh, bounce back to, to my side. I went uh, Jacob Peterson at number eight. And uh, so he's a player that they drafted in the fifth round of 2017. And he's, he's 22 years old now. And he's playing in the American Hockey League. Uh, I think they uncovered a little bit of a, a hidden gem here. Um, he's been developing in the SHL for the past couple of seasons. Um, 100 career games, 51 points over there. Signed his ELC, and he's come across North America. Um, made his debut in the NHL last season, I believe. Uh, and he scored his first career goal in his first game. Not bad. Yeah, it's all right. You didn't make your list, though, eh? I would say I probably didn't have enough intel on him. And so probably didn't feel comfortable putting him on the list. Uh, I need to follow up and see where he is right now. I think he's on the roster now. So you could argue that he's not really a prospect because he's a little bit older. No, but that's fine. I mean, again, we all have our different um, ways of doing it. Yeah, he's he's on the roster, so he's got 13 games, four points. So he's in that same category where you know he's he's never going to be a top six player, but he's treading water nicely in a in a bottom six role there. Four points in 13 games, three goals, isn't great, but it's not bad. And as long as he's using his uh, his size and and strong on draws and and doing some other things for them, that's that's going to keep him in the NHL. And I'm sure he's got a nice under million dollar cap hit as well which which really helps as well mm-hmm. all right so that was number eight on my list then we get into the guy i might have a hard time defending and that's Evgeny Oksentiak. um i'm not sure how familiar you are with this guy he played I'm for no all right he played a season in the ohl with flint and that's where he got on my radar um he's a little bit undersized but he's a strong short player um, plays a really physical game despite being smaller than the guys he's playing against. Um, he's got a motor. Um, he went back to Bela- Belarus last season. Um, let me bring his stats up if I can find him. Uh, right now he's playing in in the ECHL, which does make it difficult for me to justify having him uh, well, Jonathan Quick played the ECHL. Sometimes guys, you know, based on what's happening in the organization, they yeah. want more playing time. It could happen, and he could still be a good player. Yeah, a lot of good players have come come from the coast. So, anyways, he's got 15 points through 13 games so far. So, I, I think he is another example of never going to be in the Stars' top six. And it might be a bit of a stretch for him to make it onto the roster and, you know, break 200 games as well. But uh, I'm really rooting for him because if he does, oh, he's going to be so much fun to watch in the NHL because okay, he's just going to be a, he's just going to be a little that. pit bull. Yeah. Um, going back to your list, you went with uh, with another older player here in Riley Tufty. So this is, again, another player who I've just kind of run out of leash on and, and patience with. Um, you're still holding on that he's that he's going to make it, eh? Well, he has made it in a sense. He should have made it um, a little sooner, but Rick Bonus, uh, after warmups, scratched him in a game where his parents and friends and family were there. He spent his call-up money on those tickets. The organization knew that everybody was in attendance, and he didn't play that game in Minnesota. That was rough that's a rough entry into the league pull the mike babcock yeah yeah but spets is an older player at least he could deal with it this is a you know a guy making his break getting his big break 
playing in his home state in the NHL. Like, come on. He is 23. He won't be on the list again, but he's big. I followed him for years. He's a pretty good skater. He's a fourth line guy. Like you are basically looking at him where, you know, he might get you a few goals here and there. Not a lot. He's got pretty good hands, but he's very strong. Uh, you don't want to fight him. You don't want to be near him. I think he already did have a fight, but I think, you know, he still has to even round out that part of his game, if you want to call that game. But he is an NHL potential talent in the sense that could maintain that fourth line energy role guy who drops the gloves occasionally. So I put him in the list because this guy has worked hard to get there and he has gotten there. So he's two games in. We'll see where it goes. But I knew he would get there when I, you know, when I did this. So for the uninitiated like myself, who haven't seen a lot of him play because he didn't come through um, the CHL. He's, he's an NCAA product and he's been playing in, in Texas. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty geographically, I'm pretty far from that. So it's hard for me to watch too many Texas and Minnesota yeah. Duluth games. How's his skating? He's got to be the first question, right? Because you look no, at his his, his stat skating. line and his stats aren't aren't eye popping. His size is six foot six to twenty, and you know, oh, he skates well for a big guy. Uh, I hate that line. Um, no, I, I I'm not a big proponent of it. Although I've used it, we all I have. I don't care if you're short or tall. You skate well, or you don't. No, I think his skating is is good enough. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the slowest guy. He gets there. He's got a pretty good stride. It takes him a little bit but he gets there. So that's why I said a fourth line guy. He can do that because once you're in that half court game and you're cycling or you want to hold the puck in the corner or whatever, that's where the strength comes in. That's where the hands come in and he can do that. Yeah. I think there, you know, there's still a little bit of a role for, for big guys in the NHL that, that aren't the most skilled, but have size. Zach, Zach McEwen comes to mind there. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm watching Zach McEwen. He's never going to score much, right? He always gets close, hits a post, whatever. In the AHL, he could score a little more because he could just brutalize guys to the net. Now when he gets to the net, you know, he's pretty much out of gas. But he is an energy guy. He does check well. Elaine Vigneault has fallen in love with him. And he's playing a lot. So I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, me too. I saw him play live quite a bit in, in Gatineau back in the day too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's on with Utica about a year ago. So there, there's some skill in those hands. They're not just, yeah. they're not just clubs. No, 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 they're not. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just, so I can see Tufty playing a very similar role. All right. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that one. All right. So rounding out my top 10, the last guy I had on my list was NCAA free agent, Jordan Kawaguchi. He had a nice career playing with uh, the University of North Dakota, uh, finished with 36 points in 28 games in his final season, uh, had that cup of coffee at the end of the year in the American Hockey League, where he had two points in, in those final three games. And he's in the AHL full-time now as a rookie with Texas still looking for his, his first goal of the season and has six points. So, you know, he's not put up a lot of points since I, I made this ranking. I was squeaked him in there on, on faith. I think uh, I watched him play a couple times on TV in, in college and I was pretty impressed with his skill and his playmaking vision and abilities. Uh, and I, was kind of thinking that that should translate a little bit better but maybe he wasn't drafted for a really good reason uh undrafted college free agents seldom don't have a huge impact and he didn't make your list uh what's your take on Kawaguchi there Russ I hadn't seen much of him I didn't see a lot of North Dakota when he was there I was watching definitely some North Dakota but I was watching their higher guys Mm -hmm. Uh, so I don't have a good a good feel for him. You could be right. Uh, maybe you had a few beers that night. Anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, man, it's possible. I had a few a few drinks. That's that's a distinct but possibility. I'm looking at his point total because I remember his point total was pretty good. Um, so hold on here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he had a nice nice career with with Dakota. Um, 
didn't see a, a lot of progression. He kind of had good point totals throughout 19, 26, 45, and 36 were his point totals. Yeah. Um, you know, so. it's like I was watching Bernard Docker and Jake Sanderson, and but I'm looking like so like like last year, yeah, he led them in scoring. I can't say he jumped out at me. It's just one of those things. I just don't think I probably, when I was viewing, was viewing enough for him. Yeah. You, he also was a, a finalist for the Hobie Baker in the 19 and 20 season, yeah, I his, mean, his junior Pinto, year. I, I know a lot about Shane Pinto, right? Like, as an example. Mm-hmm. So I probably was watching more for Pinto than I was for him. Fair enough. There's draft pedigree that goes with Pinto as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it is one of those things. It's um, it's hard to find um, those undrafted gems. It's hard to it's hard for the league guys to find them, and it's hard for uh, I meant by league guys, I mean just teams, and it's hard for us. So I'll give you a good example. Uh, let's see. So because I cover out of Princeton, um, Eric Robinson. I watched him every year for his four years. Thought he was a really good player. He never got over 31 points. So he was never a point a game guy. He was fast. He was a good penalty killer. He could get a good goal at a good time, you know, like a clutch guy. And I said, hey, this guy's a good player. He's now going on his 139th game in the NHL. He had... 18 points last year. He's got six and 19 this year. He's a bottom six guy, but his speed, a little bit of penalty killing, and he got physically stronger. He became better than I thought he was. You know, Ryan Kuffner, you know, he was one of the big guys on those Princeton teams. We haven't even seen him. Mm-hmm. And, and he was a, a big-time scorer for them. So, you know, sometimes these guys will come out and really surprise you. But, you know, and sometimes they're right in front of you. Like he was right in front of me. It would have been great if I wrote four years ago, somebody should sign this guy, but I didn't. Uh You know, like as an example, you know, Kuffner right now is in the ECHL. He's at a point of game there. He, um, and he's 25. So, Probably not going to happen for him. Probably not. And the other guy there was Max Verano. And I said, hey, he could play in the NHL. And he did. And he played for Ottawa. And he had like four points in 12 games. And then things sort of went sideways a little bit. And now he's in Lexand. And he's more than a point a game in Lexand. So at 25, will he get another shot? Maybe because he's fast. He's Maybe a speeder. Yeah. He's, yeah. Kuffner didn't have the speed. He had the scoring ability but this guy's fast and was scoring some points so maybe there's a chance for him to come back but he never got another he only played 16 games in the nhl and had the four points tara rose is another one that you know i watched him on tv he's fast yeah and he had a short little stint at the end of the season in the nhl there too and he had like six points in nine games or something to that effect maybe eiserman doesn't like him and and will turn up somewhere else and and do well. He's, he's producing not great, but well at the American Hockey League too. Yeah, so. he's got talent. There is a yeah. shot there. Yeah, I watched Firozzi, and I felt the same way. So sometimes it just doesn't work out with a particular organization, and it. I don't always like to paint, uh, you know, a broad brush with a player because of that. Well, Sam Bennett is a good yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. Things ripping it up for uh, the Marlies. Could he get an NHL contract soon? He probably could. He's got all the tools. We've always yeah. talked about it. Yeah, he's definitely skilled. So the one last player we haven't talked about is your 10th ranked guy. Uh, and that's Antonio Stranges. Uh, London Knights. We all know about him. Everybody knows him. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's a love him or hate him. Uh, and I guess you love him more than I do. Well, um, I wouldn't even use the word love. Yeah. Uh, He's the kind of guy you watch in a game and you say, okay, the speed's there, right? We both agree he's got tremendous speed. 
He moves amazingly. Yeah. So speed. He's got the deeks. Can he finish? Can this guy be a finisher outside of the London Knights? I don't know. When he's with the London Knights, there's nights he looks great, no pun intended. And then there's other ones where, you know, it's not so great. He did play nine games for Texas last year. That's fine. Uh, he, he got a point. He is still only 19. Mm-hmm. So you look at him and you say, and I don't think he's a center. I think he's a winger. Mm-hmm. So if he's free on the wing and has this speed, and all of a sudden in a couple of years, after a couple of AHL seasons, he starts to produce, he could be a third-line guy for you with really good speed. So you know what? It's kind of like my home run swing. Fair enough. Yeah. And Dallas took a home run swing on him too, right? 123rd overall. Yeah. I, he's, I don't know if I'd call him a, a boom or a bust because I don't think the boom is that explosive. It's not like he's going to be a superstar. No. Yeah. But, um, but he could put some points up. Yeah. Well, the bust potential is, is certainly real, at least. Oh, the, the bust is. <laughs> it's, it's 60, whatever you want to count for bust and 40 that it works yeah but i'll take that 40 right now based on whoever else i was looking at in the dallas system and said you know if he made it for them like uh, if you have time i'll give you one dallas star story for stars fans sure so um i'm riding the uh elevator in madison square garden and i looked over and there was this dallas scout i think mark leach right i think he's probably still with him and we started talking and I said, Hey, you know, I, I'm a prospect guy. Nice to meet you. I love talking about um, prospects. He goes, Oh yeah. And we start talking. I'm, you know, I mentioned hockey prospect radio and all these great things. So we started talking about guys and I said, listen, I got to tell you something. I think you guys made a really smart pick uh, when you took Essa Lindell and there, and he looked at me like, how do you know about him? He actually said that he goes, I don't talk about anybody let, I don't talk to anybody about Essa Lindell. And he's like, listen, he, we think the world of him. And I said, listen, I, I like him. I think he's got some offense in his game. He's a good skater. I think he has a good path to the NHL. I did write in an article, uh, probably still exists on my site, that I thought he'd be a good pick for the Rangers that year. They didn't do it. I forget who they took. Uh, hold on. I'll tell you, because this was one where I happened to get right. And so let's see, S. Lindell was taken 74th overall. So, oh, wait, that was weird that I did that. Okay, so here, 2012 draft, 74th, S. Lindell. And so my issue was the Rangers, so they took. Yeah, okay. So with their 59th pick, which is where I thought the Rangers might take him, they took Booney Evis, who was a boomer bust pick because of his speed. He busted. Esselindel, they took later 383 games and 112 points. Pretty important player for the Stars. Mm-hmm. Hits and blocks Dallas. everything. Yep. Good job, Dallas Stars. Good job, me. I'll give myself credit for that one. Well, that's one that you hit on. One that I, I missed on was uh, Kingston Frontenac's player played with Sam Bennett uh, and Lawson Krauss on that line was uh, Linus Newman. Uh, oh, yeah. Spelt N-Y-M-A-N, but pronounced yeah. Newman. Uh, and Brett Newman, actually, for that matter, is another. Uh, he had his overage season like two years ago in the OHL. Uh, a couple of guys who I watched the play and I was like, oh, man, he's like, Linus Newman could cycle the puck like nobody's business. He looked like a third Sedin out there sometimes, the way he was able yeah. to just um, spin and, and protect the puck and move it to an open guy. Like just have guys think that they had 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 him, they got the puck, and then all of a sudden, nope, they didn't have the puck, and he just spun and turned it the other way or whatever, and, and he made some pretty deft passes too as well to, to either Crest or Bennett. I, I, he didn't even get drafted. I couldn't believe he wasn't even drafted let alone didn't make it. So he, he's one that I missed huge on. I don't know. Maybe one day he's still what 
21 years old maybe by now so there's still a slimmest of slim chances that and he is playing well in in the liga right now too so there's the slimmest of slim chances that someone's throws him a throws him a contract or invites him to to preseason at some point but chances are it looks like i got that one wrong (laughs) yeah i mean look we we always get him wrong by the way mark leach is still with the dallas stars so he wouldn't remember that story but i do only because he was just a guy that i identified via video I didn't see S. Lundell play in any full games. So it was just one that, you know, I happened to get right, but we get so many wrong, trust me. We yeah. all know. That's one where I can really feel proud of because, you know, not only did the Rangers get it wrong, but a lot of teams. A lot of teams. Because, you know, he went to 74th. Like, as an example, uh, in that same draft, let's see, you know, Brendan Gaunts went before him. Jordan Schmaltz, who we all thought, was going to be a really good defenseman. Only ended up playing 42 games in the NHL. I thought that speed was going to translate into offense. Nope. Nope. And he was taking, you know, 25th overall. So, you know, that's, that's the way it goes sometimes. Yep. It's uh, it's not an exact science, that's for sure. So, but that's what makes it fun is you can, we can have these conversations and we can debate players and make arguments for and against other players and... No one's right at the end of the day. Fun one, 49th overall, Martin Furk. Remember the hands on him? Yep. Couldn't skate. He could shoot too, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even at the NHL level, he scored some goals. I mean, he had 18 goals in 118 games. Yeah. All right. It's time to put a bow on this episode, Russ. Uh, do me a favor. Tell my listeners where they can find some of your books because you've written okay. a number. Yeah. So, you know, Cyber Monday is today i don't know if you're going to post this a month from now but um probably tomorrow okay so for giving tuesday you could give to me even though i'm not a charity but you can go to amazon.com i do have a flyers book i have a couple ranger books i have baseball books and if you like what you see i'm at sportsology on twitter i could always you know autograph you a copy you could dm me i have those as well or you order them at amazon i'm happy for that uh I have one that's like for baseball, pioneers of baseball, baseball's best rookies, 100 things Ranger fans should know and do before they die, Philadelphia Flyers, images of sports. So I have nine books working on a uh, 10th. So that's that's happening. It's an NBA uh, book. So expect that soon and doing that with a couple other fellas. But yeah, that's a way that um, you could help me out this holiday season as an independent author. It's it's a tough sledding making a living that way, but do yourself a favor and at the very least give Russ a follow on Sportsology S P O R T S O L O G Y on and Twitter I for a lot of hours, so you could read my writing all the time and in a lot yeah. of places. He's a well-connected guy. He's a regular guest on Sirius XM NHL Radio, talking hockey because he's pretty plugged into a number of different leagues, as you've probably gathered from listening to him on his first-hand accounts from NCAA, AHL, and NHL. And traveling and watching all the important tournaments, too. So good sources in the KHL, although I don't see a lot of KHL games, but I find out stuff. Right. And hopefully I'll see you uh, in the new year before the draft at the CHL Top Prospects game. I'm hoping to be there. Let's hope hope the border and everything else is good. That's right. That's right. Might not recognize each other with our masks, but we'll be there. All right. Thanks a lot, Russ. Everybody, thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode where we're talking Red Wings.